Hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Few Minutes of History. My name is Jake, and I am your host. As the title suggests, my podcast is just a few minutes of history, giving you some really good content, I hope, um, in, in a short amount of time for those people pretty much on a rush or, or don't have time to, to sit down and listen to an hour, two-hour podcast. It's just a sort of five, ten-minute chat about certain things, but I am going to have some very good guests on it sometimes as well, which will lend itself to sort of longer podcasts i'm also on twitter tiktok youtube i've got a lot of content going out on those so if you are a fan of video content as well definitely go and check them out but in today's episode we're talking about the raid on dieppe so the raid at dieppe in france holds a unique place in the war in europe commando style raids were very popular in the early years of the war and the european continent lent itself well to this style of warfare england which was just a short naval journey away to the occupied coasts which lent itself you know very well to to these commando style raids that meant that we only had a short sort of journey across the channel or across the North Sea to Norway to to conduct these raids. It meant that we could have good air support from the the Royal Air Force. It also meant that the Royal Navy was just behind as well in case these guys got into some serious bother. It meant that they would have some good protection if they were withdrawing from certain places. And at a tactical level, these missions could accomplish specific objectives, such as capturing radar technology or destroying docks and other strategic places. At a strategic level, however, commando operations were great publicity and kept the United Kingdom in the war, even though they were no longer on the continent of Europe. These raids also forced Germany to commit more resources and troops to defending larger areas, giving attacking forces the advantage of surprises and flexibility. Back to Dieppe. The EP was launched on August 19th, 1942. Operation Jubilee was a continuation of these tactics. And of the many things that made this raid different, it was the first time that Americans would participate in ground combat in Europe. The raid at Dieppe was supposed to accomplish a range of missions. Under tremendous pressure from German forces in the east, Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin demanded a second front be opened in the west to divert German war material and troops away from the Russian front. And within the UK, more action against Germany was decided desired to demonstrate that they were still in the fight. As a result of these pressures, the operation quickly grew. Previous commando raids consisted of maybe a few hundred commandos and Royal Naval personnel. The EP, however, would involve roughly 6,000 Canadian, 5,000 Canadian, 1,000 British and around 50 American Rangers, as well as tanks, naval vessels and Royal Air Force support. So roughly around 6,000 actual landing troops compared to maybe just a couple of hundred or, or 50 or so from other raids. The geography of the port of Dieppe was challenging from the beginning. This section of the French coast is dominated by large white chalk cliffs. Making matters worse for an invading army, the beach was not made of sand. Instead, it was covered with stones, making it ill-suited for running on, letting alone landing heavy equipment such as tanks. In addition to the geography, the Germans had planned for an assault from the sea. Artillery batteries on the high ground around the port, as well as bunkers, machine gun positions, and anti-tanks that co- anti-tank guns that covered the beaches. The Dieppe landings were planned on six different beaches, four in front of the town of Dieppe itself and two to the east and west flanks respectively. From east to west, the beaches were codenamed yellow, blue, red, white, green and orange. Armour support would be provided by the 14th Tank Regiment of Canada with 58 of the newly introduced Churchill tanks in their first use in combat and these were to be delivered using the new landing craft tanks that would also see uh, sort of use in D-Day in, in Italy. The Royal Navy supplied 237 ships and landing craft. However, pre-landing naval gunfire support would be limited, consisting of just six Hunt-class destroyers, each with four or six four-inch guns. And this was because of the reluctance of the First Sea Lord to risk capital ships in an area he deemed vulnerable to German attacks. 
on the morning of the raid and already running behind schedule. The main force going ashore at Dieppe landing, landed as daylight was breaking. The German troops were now alerted to the raid and they cut down many Canadians as they waded in the surf. Nevertheless, many of the Canadians fought their way across the cobblestone beaches to the protection of the seawall. The same cobblestones and seawall made it difficult, however, for the 14th Army's tank regiments to move their vehicles off the beaches, and fierce German gunfire prevented engineers from clearing the way for the tanks to push away into the town of Dieppe. Small groups of infantry were able to fight their way into the streets of Dieppe. It was clear, however, that the raid could not continue, and soon the retreat would begin. Trying to evacuate everyone, however, would mean the probable destruction of the Allied naval force. Through great courage, many men were taken off the beaches under heavy fire, but by early afternoon, the last boat had departed, and left in a hopeless situation, many Canadians were forced to surrender. The raid at Dieppe would be over. The men who participated in the Dieppe raid paid a great price. Of the 4,963 Canadians who embarked on the mission, approximately 2,200 returned back to England, and many of those had been wounded. More than 3,350 Canadians had become casualties, including a total of 916 who lost their lives as the result of the raid, and approximately another 1,900 who were taken prisoner by the Germans. Around 210 British and American personnel lost their lives. That would have been the British commandos and American rangers. Of the 29 tanks that got off the landing cross, two fell into deep water and didn't make it to the beach. Of the remaining 27, 15 made it across to the seawall between the beach and the boardwalk. However, without the engineers to support them, they were unable to eliminate obstacles that blocked their way to the city and were forced to return the beach, where one after another they got hit or bellied in the beach shingle. Still able to fire their weapons, however, the tank regiment's tanks protected the infantry's retreat until the very end, and the tank crews did pay a heavy toll for their gallant behaviour, as the rest that survived were all made prisoners. The raid took a considerable toll on the ships and aircraft that supported the assault as well. On the 19th of August, this saw the Allies' worst single day of losses for aircraft of the entire Second World War, with 119 of their planes being shot down as they tried to protect the landing force on Dieppe. Uh, if you enjoyed today's uh, episode, please do uh, give me a, a rating or a like and subscribe. It does really help. Um, and like I said, I am on TikTok, I am on YouTube and Twitter. So check me out on any of those platforms. Um, I'll keep you up to date with a lot of stuff on there. Um, and if you have any suggestions of, of stuff you want me to talk about, I know a few people have already commented um, on a few things about episodes, and I will get round to them. Don't worry, they are on my list, so I will get round to, to doing those episodes as well. Um, please do let me know. Uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one. Cheerio, bye.